And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Curry driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. We got the gang here together. Marcus, you have your coffee? You have your coffee? You got it? I do. What's I the do. order? Uh, What's the order? Man, I needed a latte. My, I didn't have any more coffee pods on my machine. We we might have been waiting for Marcus to go out and get a cup of coffee. I had, did. I what, did. My, did you guys hire a replacement? We, we, we offered major money to a, a replacement, and she declined. She's got too many other things to be doing. Sharon, <laughs> Facts, Sharon right? Thompson, Marcus's daughter, was 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 sitting in kindly, letting us. Uh, uh, wait for her father to go out and get a cup of coffee. She's um currently studying for a role in Chicago. The you know they're doing the Chicago nice. play. She doesn't have time for she a little su- silly. She could come podcast. on and sung for us. It'd be great. She thought Steph should be on the ball more. Hilarious. That's hilarious. Speaking of on-ball Steph, uh, Steve Kerr basically called him a point guard last night. How about that? Well, he needs to be. He said, hey, Steph was orchestrating the show. You know, Draymond, and someone's got to do it. And I think Steph was quite happy doing it. You know, hey, if you got Clay on the court, you can't have, like, everybody off the ball, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to have somebody on the ball. And, Somebody's got to yeah, be on the ball, right? Steph, yeah. and you know, against Detroit, does it really even matter? Obviously, we can discuss that, but it's, it offense looks pretty good last night. <laughs> I mean, definitely. Yo, we're not gonna gloss over that. By the way, uh, the way they've been, <laughs> you got to take the good offensive games when you get them. You know, well, what I'm saying? by the like, way, it didn't end well. They scored like seventeen and eighteen in the third and fourth, but sixty six in the first half. It didn't look good in Minnesota without him. It was no Steph, no Draymond. And like Jordan Poole was kind of playing point guard. They didn't want to play Chioza. I remember in Memphis when Draymond was originally at, you know, out, they put JTA in because they believe he can kind of do some of the Draymond stuff. But it's just like that didn't last, yeah, he's yeah. turning the ball over like crazy. And he's basically fringe of the rotation right now. So if they're going to play Kaminga, if they're going to play Gary Payton the second at the four spot, he's got to be the point guard because... Yeah, and Andre's not playing very much i think that would be another sort of option maybe less so this so season. y'all saying this ain't because steve kerr right oh yeah angry, marcus angry what a great point this is a, i gotta do exactly what you say how many times has he ever done that empty by the way <laughs> <laughs> he usually goes to the how many times op- has he heard the same how many times yes, has he heard the yes, same point too, like, i don't even need to read this like i know exactly what he's saying. more pick and rolls you say i've never heard of this concept <laughs> yeah. Curry um, <laughs> with the ball. Curry take his man. Oh, that's a really. It's interesting that Marcus would think that. That would be so shocking. What? How revelatory! I just like it when Slater brings. Like, there's this discussion out there about on ball, off ball. 
<laughs> maybe in one place, maybe in one spot. Steph, what do you think about this discussion about you know on ball, off ball? It's, oh well, it's Marcus is a one man theme, one man, one man uh, meme, as they say. I'm here for the people. I think why he's doing it mostly is because it allows them to play lineups he wants to play because Peyton's more impactful and and Kuminga's yeah, yeah, more impactful. Absolutely. Like they just these are the guys they need to play. Even if like JTA brings a more Steve Kerr like vibe to the game, they got to play the other guys right now. I feel like we kind of gloss over it, but when he wasn't doing it, he was getting destroyed for it. But like Steve is doing stuff like that now, like kind of violating his own little set thing, you know, his set ways Like you know, he's, he's putting out lineups that he just, some of them are wild. Right. But some of them are like, this is him Did getting out of his own of comfort Minnesota zone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, well, that, one, that Minnesota yeah, that, game was crazy. It was like at the two in, at, at times. Yeah. yeah, I think some of it is like he's just got to figure out who the f- best five players are at some point, you know, and just play those guys, and not just five, but you know, each unit has to go on. But you can't just go, okay, this is the way we play and we move, and like, no, you just got to get the best five players on the floor. And I think that's, of course, the name I'm going to bring up. John Kaminga, uh, clearly, when there are injuries, he's a guy you got. Man, play. you you newcomer to Kaminga. Yeah, yeah, got just on a Kaminga bandwagon. It was a conversation. I think it was a question you asked pregame last night. It might have been postgame. Uh, but I think part of the rotation issues right now, he he called it awkwardness. He was like, Clay Thompson has to play his minutes, but he wants to play Clay Thompson to start and close the halves. And that's just like, it's odd to have a 20 minute per night player that's a starter and a closer. And you have the huge space in between, yeah. I mean, and just try to mix within that. But I think Kerr wants to get that Steph Clay Wiggins group, like let them really gel, like let that thing. That's how they, you know, again, story the numbers and all those other things. But what they, they beat people with Steph Clay Draymond and then KD. Like that's how they used to beat people. It's not try to filter it through. Remember, we're, we're, like, were they gonna? Uh, split curry and draymond's minutes i mean it's curry and durant's minutes remember then let's just play them together like that's just let's just kill people with those guys and then patch it together everywhere else and i think they might be coming to that and they're trying to see if kaminga works with that and then what i asked kerr about like kaminga as, as a small five because he really hasn't played him like that he goes well he is but he's when it's with draymond like it's like you could just see how this is beginning to click in like how they're going to get or they're going to try to work toward just getting their best five players. Play the best five players, let them destroy everyone else, and then you kind of fiddle around with everything else in the middle there. The reason I don't think he's like ready to play Kaminga as a small ball five, even if like, you know, four years from now that might be Kaminga's best position, is like the center's most important job is defense and not even just defense, but like back line. You're the eyes and ears. You know, you're Kavon Looney. You're, you're, you're Looney. You're, you're knowing how to read pick and roll action and knowing what the coverage is and you're you're telling your guard what to do. Kaminga defensively right now is an on ball like harasser and he don't know what else is going on. If he's in team defense, he's floating around. He doesn't know rotations. I mean, understandable. We knew this coming in. I mean, they've been like really like electrified by what he can do if you put him on a you know, a scorer, but you don't want him as the eyes and ears of the defense because then you have a teenager doing that. That's why you have Draymond with him, right? That's because Draymond will do it for everybody. That that all makes sense. I, I don't, I'm just saying that's where the minutes are. I've said it on and on. I don't think that's his ideal position. I think he's a great 3-4, can do anything, and then even slide to help you switch onto the five, but you don't play in the five. I'm just saying it would be where to get him minutes. It's where they figured out how to get Pascal minutes 
last season when there was no other place again. Let's say it's just those are the minutes, right? Those are free minutes because you just to, to take down Bielitsa's minutes isn't going to cause any problems whatsoever. In fact, it'll probably help you. And I get it. I get I get why Draymond's you you play you pair him with Draymond, you just let them both be four fives and you let them terrorize and you know you put them out there with Wiggins and Mick Clay, you know, like there's a that's a nice active team. But it probably does predicate on Draymond being out there, being able to lead everybody. Uh, you know, that voice carries, and that way you can play him with a 19-year-old. I, I get it. But you could just see how things are piecing together, how they're going to get to their best five, their middle five, their closing five, all these things. And we, we know the way Steve usually thinks, and I think this is kind of where it's headed. The interesting part was that he did it with Porter. He was saying, essentially... He's playing some five because, like, he wants the four or five to be interchangeable, but he wants that with Draymond. But then he did it with Otto Porter, and it wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously it's the Pistons, so you can't really make a, you can't really make a conclusion about it. But you could see him maybe trying to build that up, like where he can, he can do that role, right? Like he can, he can get there eventually. I feel like he's gonna get there sooner than they think. I, I feel like he might be ready. I just don't know how you keep running Bielitsa out there. <laughs> with Kaminga and Marcus is like, like texting like, me this, it. and I'm like going, but that's not the minutes they're playing Kaminga. That's why, know, yeah, that's why they have to adjust <laughs> Kaminga's role, because the whole idea is just get the best players on the floor. I mean, and, and then you figure it out from there. You can have your system. You can have your, you know, everything you want to do. And, and yes, be patient, 19-year-old, all those things. But those are the minutes that are available. Those are like three minutes right now. Until you know, with Wiseman, but you know, I think we're all thinking maybe Wiseman isn't going to have a role this season. We'll see. But um, they have to make some mental adjustments if that is where he gets the bulk of his minutes. It's not a huge adjustment, but it's something of an adjustment. They've found a role for him right now, though. He's the starting power forward for, for the foreseeable <laughs> future. Like, you know, we don't know like when's Draymond going to be back. I mean, you know, at least, he's missing at least the entire home stand. So I think broader than this, like, you know, down the line, I think we all think the elites as minister are the, are the most vulnerable. But Jonathan Kaminga over the next few weeks has to, like, win a consistent rotation spot. To me, that's what this next few weeks is about. Starting, they they this is his. They turn. basically, yeah, cra- yeah. you know, Steve Kerr kind of crowned him last night. Like I was kind of surprised. That was odd. That was odd. I was I was stunned by that. Kerr's public messaging on Kaminga lately has been very interesting. I mean, like openly, kind of like you know, telling us how upset they've been with the fact that he's not running the floor. I mean, the G League issue, which you know, maybe as we rewrite the Kaminga story a year from now, that's like the turning point for him, but not being happy there every time i was walking into shoot arounds on the road he's sitting there you don't see this a lot kerr sitting with a player going over film usually it's you know jama or chris demarco or one of the other assistants it was the it's been a lot of steve kerr working directly with kaminga and it's interesting i mean you mentioned kerr's adaption early on he's a he's admitted he's kind of a young coach particularly when it comes to like young talent they failed in a lot of ways with James Wiseman last year. I think they're doing stuff different with Kaminga, and it seems to be kind of working. He gets the benefit of the second child. Huh? <laughs> you mess up with the first yeah, kid. And- <laughs> yeah, and I think he might be, you know, I, I don't want to make too much of a comparison, but he might be somebody who absorbs this stuff better, right? I mean, maybe, I mean, they clearly don't think Wiseman is some, that somebody who wants to hear consequences. They, they clearly, they stay away from that. Wiseman is always propped up. He's always, like, praised he's always like they don't say he shouldn't do this you should like they're in the locker room and the coaching staff they're take put Wiseman kind of to the side Kamiga is like yeah he's all it's fair game you know and I think that's 
part of the respect they have for him. Like they see the game here. Like it's this is this is playable. Like this is something that could really work right now when he's 19 years old in a limited way on this championship-seeking team. But they just need it to be a little more focused. Like they just need a little bit here. Just do this. And you're fine. And then everything else will come, right? Every, with Kaminga, you see everything else happening. Just do, but make sure you do this one thing, run and don't get distracted on defense and don't reach on everything. You just do those two things. It's not like that's all you're going to do. With Kaminga, there's going to be the dunks. There's going to be the, you know, dribble handoff fake, you know, two dribbles, bam. I mean, there's going to be that stuff. So I just think it's maybe the different personalities. And yes, with why, and, but also this is a guy. Like, you couldn't just say Wiseman, go guard, you know, the best guard. Go guard John Morant. You can never say that. With Kaminka, you can say, just go do it. That's what you do. Go do it, and you can help us. You can help us in the playoffs doing that. I just think that's a little difference, a difference in the year, different, different difference in the temperament. But his skill set, and you know, I, I think Wiseman is really, really talented, really unique player. But Kaminka's skill set is just so much more varied and can help them in so many. Look, we're talking about him as a small ball five. I'm so glad you finally see yeah, this about Kaminga. Kaminga. I finally <laughs> see the light on Donovan Kaminga. My goodness. You couldn't get me to talk about him before. Now, now. Hey, I'm so happy. Man, <laughs> yeah, now people on Twitter are going to believe this, too, by the way. They're going to they start accusing me. <laughs> Just of not block him, Tim. Just block him. I think I will. I think I will. To me, like like you said, the the putting the ability to put him on a perimeter player. Just be like, yo, go do this one thing. That's like, yo, that is like a, a, a game changer as far as you can play right now. The other thing is he moves well with Steph. Like they have a nice little sink already. And I do think Steph, after years of playing with Zaza Kavan Looney, likes a dude who can just like catch it and explode. Like catch, go up, right? And if you can do that, I mean, there. believe it or not, there's not a lot of people who can be who have thrived on the finishing end with Steph, right? Like, I mean, Bielita's pump faking out of the shots. Bielita and Wiseman taking strays in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Not even but really strays. Not even. On. I think this is being lined up. No, these bit. are direct yeah. hits, baby. These are direct. He also is passing well to Steph. He probably has four assists to Steph the last few games. Yeah, they have a nice little chemistry because he's he's good at using open spaces. That's I mean, he's incredible at that. That's what he's great at, and. That's what Steph creates, and I think that's part of the frustration is you have Steph Curry. I mean, you're playing these janky defenses. There's open lanes all over the place, and they aren't. some of these guys are not taking advantage. But it, is, it was four, five, six games, whatever. It, it's not the whole season, but that's the frustration. And that's what I keep saying is that Kaminga can actually help fix that. That's what I've been saying. Also. Like, there's a thing. There's a unique thing here. Two guys chase Steph all the way around the court, even when he doesn't have the ball, pass it to to be mean, you pass it to JTA or you pass it to Gary Payton, they they catch the ball and you don't know what's going to happen. You throw it to Kaminga and he's got an angle on his guy because the guy's looking at Steph. He's going to take a dribble and dunk it or get fouled or do something interesting. Like JTA is going to take a dribble and then he's going to look to pass <laughs> yes. it. Right? And, like, and <laughs> yeah. Iguodala is the same. Draymond, to some extent, all these gotten better at finishing. Like These guys don't look to just... But they can't, you know, it's a physical, it's a physical thing. I'm not criticizing them. It's just a physical thing. Kaminga can turn the corner or try to turn the corner on anybody. And they just haven't had that. They don't, it's a unique skill. There aren't many guys like that, especially you're six foot eight. This is what he can do. And that's why, I mean, Kerr's even saying, it's like, he wants him with Stephen Clay. This is part of this. Like, I want to see them together because this is a guy, Wiggins sort of can do it. Not really. 
Kaminga can really do it. And what he can do it. He doesn't. He doesn't like yeah, you know. Maybe the, you know. Yeah, Wiggins is fine. I mean, we're just not trying. He's just not that guy. Again, there's like seven of those guys in the league. Kaminga might be one of them, and that would be that's such an enormous thing. You know, he's see. hitting threes lately, which I think has been kind of under told he was two or four he's up to 30 percent. he was two or four last night i don't think they want to praise him about that no because they don't want him to start putting up five a game yeah well like look i think four games okay look you know i when he goes up for three lately i've been like that might go in you know and that's better than i was thinking a month ago but yeah they want him at you know one of four two of four not you know two of nine so you're right they they, i don't think steve kerr is going to come out like let it fly I love the way that three point shot is looking from JK. No, I don't. I don't want to see it after I see him. Like to me, I think he should do the Bealita thing more often. Fake while the guy's coming at you and take off because he can take off, man. He, oh, the Bealita thing. There was one driving. Yeah, Bealita fakes and then drives and then he turns it over instead of just shooting. It. <laughs> yeah, I said that last part. They don't want him to do that last. Yeah, they don't want him to do that last part. Although he does that last part sometimes too, though he does. Turn I don't, yeah, absolutely, but like there was a drive in Minnesota where I'm like, this dude is giving me, you know, Amari Stoudemire vibes, where he just like it's one dribble and I'm not even caring who's there. Like I'm just gonna try to dunk that thing. They could do something with Here's that. Something I'm sort of beginning. I'm not gonna go overboard with it, but. You know, we talk about the gravity of Steph and everybody. That's why these, you know, you get these wide open dunks for Looney, JTA, whoever. I'm kind of seeing defenses not doing that when it's Kaminga involved in the action. Like, they're like, you want to get that guy throwing down on your head? Like, I'm not saying they're ignoring Steph. They clearly are, like, jumping at Steph. I'm saying they're also thinking about this young kid's going to put me on a poster. He's going to put my head through the rim. So, that's the stuff they kind of need. Again, Kaminga's going to make errors. Which is also why they're excited about Wiseman. Right? No question. <laughs> no question. No question. That's a whole other thing. But, like, Kaminga can do it with the ball in his hands. Like, you know, he can do it in a pick-and-roll action. He can do it, like, making decisions. I don't know. TK, I think they feel they do the same when it's Looney. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, make it get the ball the dribbled around. End, right? they're, like, they're like, nah, let me, let's cover this guy because he might. <laughs> Top 10 NBA rebounder, Kavon <laughs> Looney. Marcus is, is going to the game like, oh, yeah, it was this Clay should have just passed the Looney there. He was open. I go, What's, what are you talking about? Steph with the Clay with the ball or Looney with the ball? Clay's got the ball. There's two defenders jumping at him, and Looney's got a wide open lane to the basket. You dump it down, you know, and Looney gets the dunk. Like, automatic dunk there. No, no question. Not, wouldn't get blocked <laughs> and pump faked. And no, I think uh, that that's, again, Looney and these guys not trying to credit. They, they they do really valuable things for this team. It's just a different thing that is perfectly suited to fit with. Like, I just think it was funny how you didn't even yeah, like, like, consider yeah. the option. Like you got to consider it's a read and react, yeah. but there was no read for you. You were just like, yeah, no, no. Like, nah. If, so I'm like, dude, he's wide open. That's a no. Clay. <laughs> I'll take Clay taking a shot every single time. Every That's so out of pocket. So Slater, uh, Clay had a moment. Clay had a moment. He he hit a couple of shots. He hit his corner three. He said he felt like the pump fake sidestep three. That's the pump one. fake sidestep. He felt so good. He walked all the way to the other end yeah, of the court. What was going on? Yeah, the that was interesting. Yeah, that was. A- I was like, was it somebody over there? Was, was he is play? like perpetually in his feelings now? Is is like it's the two years off? I think understandably, but like they've like Clay is an emo rapper now. Yeah. emotions <laughs> within him on a like moment by moment basis. I mean. 
mean, you can see it in the he's press conference. He's listening to Drake every game. Yeah. You can oh, see, yeah. yeah. He, he took a little snap at Slater last night. Took a little snap at Slater. But but also, I think it was illustrative of, like, what he feels. Like, Slater's asking him, what's, you know, what was it? Like, what's getting you out of your rhythm? Is it your legs, uh, you know, when, when you're shooting? And he's like, torn ACL, torn Achilles, uh, rehabbing for two years. But that's like that's the fiery competitive clay. That's the stuff that that when people talk about the Zen clay and the boat clay, whatever captain clay, like this guy's a competitor. Like this guy just wants to beat somebody's ass, you know, shooting the ball. But that's what he wants to do. So we're seeing parts of that in these press conferences in these moments. Yeah, and I don't know how much of it's like this NBA seventy five. I think that's just something he found to motivate him. But like now, even you know, as Marcus, you were talking or asking him about you know dribbling and stuff like that and he, he's like every great at my position was a three level score he's like come back with this like you can tell he's really obsessed with like proving to the world like no i am in the Dwayne wade category i am in the you know kobe bryant like you know best two guards to ever live type category and that's like seeping into his game i'm not sure that's like fantastic for the warriors offense who you know it's funny with clay like we i think all f- talked about how well, this is be seamless transition when he gets back because he doesn't dribble and he, you know, he's clay. He's just going to kind of, you know, he's obviously nah, going to, yeah, he's obviously going to space the floor and he's going to play hard defense. So like, how can that affect a team's issue? But he's chucking. And I keep thinking more and more like, yeah, remember how much like Durant would get mad at clay? Like clay would take like eight shots in a, in a five minute period and Durant would be sitting there like, Oh, Oh, is this guy going to pass? I think we forgot about that. And, and while I, Clay has looked good. He is going to help this team. I think it's impacted Poole and, and Wiggins and, and some others. I mean, he's taking some food off everybody's plate. Curry, too. There is this limbo period where it's like you got to let Clay kind of do his thing, like let him kind of get the feel again, which includes not dumping the ball to the wide open loony. But those are the things that he's going to have to do, right? Like he's coming off picks and he's not moving the ball he's just shooting it nobody's to the point yet where it's like yo clay i'm open like how do you say that to clay right now but eventually he's going to have to be inside the offense right and, and working as a as a part of the offense uh they they've got to get to that but what's interesting about it you know i think i'm gonna write about this is his role is just gonna be different now like it isn't the catch-and-shoot guy. It isn't completely a finisher. He's dribbling more than he's ever dribbled. He's 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 nonstop dribbling. Like, <laughs> he's James Harden dribbling. <laughs> like, that's just... That really wasn't Clay's thing, right? Like, I mean, even his dunk was a crossover. Like, do you think that is a good thing? I mean, I think he believes he's flashing more of what he can't, you know, yeah, has always I, been. But. I, I think if the defense is overplaying. I mean, what's the better option yeah. on his team, by the way? Like, well, and by the way, <laughs> move he, the he, ball. Hasn't, he's, he hasn't played a significant minute with Draymond, right? I mean, he's played that one minute when Draymond when Draymond started the game, Clay's first game, and, and foul. We won't count game. that, so, Tim. I think yeah, I'm just saying, like, some of this action isn't going to be the same action when Draymond's at the top, right? We, we know that, and... And so they have, they need other initiators and, I, and however much Marcus is going to say it has to be Steph, like they can't just be Steph. They, like they need other initiators when it's not Draymond and Clay's, it just, you know, he just gets to Clay at some point. There's 10 seconds on the shot clock and Clay's got the ball in the corner. I'm sorry, at the, at the wing. And like, it's take three dribbles and see what's there. Now, did they want him to take five dribbles and see what's there? No, but like, let's see what it is with Draymond. Let's see what it is when Clay's all the way back when he's playing seven minutes at a time instead of four minutes at a time, five minutes at a time. But 
yeah, he's dribbled a little more. It might be good. It's probably going to be good. He can't do it every single time. You know, he's not John Morant. He's not going to do it like that. But I think it's good. I think, you know, show something else. I just don't think he can do the same stuff physically off, you know, off the pick. He just can't fling his body in the air and throw it. That's not him anymore. He's going to have to saddle. Yeah. He's pump faking those a lot, yeah. right? Yeah, he's got, see him, yeah. he's, he's got to set. He's not yeah, going he, straight yeah, up. Because he's just not, he doesn't have, of course he's not going to have the same quick twitch. It's just not going to be the exact same. And it might get there. I think it's heading that that shot at the end of the half certainly led us to you know something we hadn't really seen. You know, the, the pump fake slide step left is just like how many guys in the world can do it? Steph, Clay, and you know Harden, and you know not many like other Booker. Yeah, man, yeah. Booker, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like it's <laughs> really hard. So we'll see. But yeah, the, the, without that quick tip twitch, he's gonna have to pump fake. Take two dribbles, see you know, try to move the defense a little, get a bump, get a foul. Like he's trying to get fouled now. Like you said, like he's like actively absorbing contact to get fouled. Really hadn't seen that in this game. And, and let's see what it is when when, when Draymond's back. You know his usage rate right now? <laughs> Pretty high, I would guess. Thirty two point five. Oh my god. Yeah, that's high for that's Yeah, high that for is I'm looking at the league I'm looking at the high. league leaders right now. Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Trey Young. Paul George, Clay Thompson, like thirty fives or what, what's yeah, like and beats thirty five, yeah. But Clay would be, you know, obviously it's way. But like, fewer what Steph's games. like career high is like thirty three, right? Something like that. Clay so, is yeah. currently like right ahead of you know, and again, like he's played five, and these other guys have played forty, but uh, he's currently right ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. 24 8. Yeah, yeah, this is way high for him. He's never been a 30 percent usage guy. I mean, look again, like Marcus said, we're in this like you know. I guess gap period where Clay is just like obviously everything's super positive around him and they're kind of letting him like you know get back into to rhythm especially in these minimal minutes it's like sure Jack um no Draymond but it's impact in Jordan Poole I mean like it just is Jordan Poole is just much better when he's allowed to start or you know he's just being minimized it's just something to notice because i mean how many of these podcasts have we done 20 minute segments on Jordan Poole cuz he was such a massive part of of what they're doing He's no longer a massive part right now. Well, that's the interesting part about Clay potentially having a different role in the offense as a creator and not a finisher, which means somebody else has to be the finisher if he's the creator, right? Like that's so if he if they're starting to play with him on the wing making a, something happen, then that means he's not the one standing in the corner, like you know preventing the defense from collapsing. So then who is right and that. That's just a completely different role for somebody else. And I do think when he left, he was getting more towards that role because remember KD was hurt at the end of the year. Uh, There's there was stretch. Remember it was like a stretch towards the end of the last two years where either Steph was out or KD was out and he had to be more of a creative role. And he felt like he was becoming you're like you know his best self right he felt like yo I'm all time great two guard and we can yeah, all yeah. do this he was, that's what he, he was keeps, incredible he was incredible in the game he got hurt it was exactly like he was yeah, taking he was, the yeah, dribble no and question. leaning in and taking a shot yeah, it was great he's getting back to that so the the question is to me now they got to figure out who that is and you know what you're seeing as a result you're seeing a lot of damian lee because that other person has to be somebody who could stick the shot. <laughs> like that's Clay's role. That's that's what he does. So if he's the creator, 
it, there's just not enough space. So it, it, it is going to impact. But, you know, Steph Steph said this is what happened, right? He, he divided the season into three parts. This is the part where they get Clay adjusted. And this is why it was fortuitous for them to build the huge record advantage, right? Because the, the moment was coming where they had to figure out Clay. And to a lesser degree, it's still coming when they have to figure out Wiseman. And when Draymond comes back with Clay, but yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and the Draymond yeah, put that in there for sure too. Yeah, well, but the thing is, we all knew there was going to be a reintegration process, but he's playing differently than we thought he was going to play, and that changes things too. And the fact, look, again, I don't want to be the one going on this like, hey, you know, Clay Thompson's not playing that well. Man, so we so were far. throwing strays at Looney and Bielita. Slater straight is at Clay Thompson. Like, Come on. I mean, I'm just look. This is a fact right now. These are two facts. <laughs> These are two facts. I understand like all the context around him. He has a usage rate of 32.5, and he is shooting 37. percent Those are just two stats. I don't expect that to continue, but if it does, that's not good. That's not healthy for an offense. That's all. Let's see how as the minutes tick up, how that works. Let's see if the shot starts falling. Let's see how yeah. it goes against some of these bad teams. Yeah, they got exactly. Up, right? <laughs> no question. And also, I'm curious when the minutes tick up, is he going to play on the second unit? Because, you know, we know historically he has uh, to get another weapon when Steph's off the floor. So Jordan Poole, is there going to be a Jordan Poole play chemistry? We have no idea on that. No idea. And is there going to be, like, what's that second unit going to look like? Because is Clay going to have a Steph? minutes and second unit minutes or is he going to just be st- I, I don't know my sense is he will not have second unit many second unit minutes why because they need Wiggins out there with him to guard the other guys best guy that used to be Clay's role and now it's Wiggins and I don't think they necessarily really want Clay going against you know James Harden or whoever you know one, you know, one of those guys so I'm not sure the defense is that's we haven't talked about that and the defense gets praised and I think it has been good and he's been tough I don't think he's going to, He's you know, he, he was fine guarding D'Angelo Russell a couple games ago when I asked Kerr about it, and he mentioned it's because they obviously wanted Wiggins on Anthony Edwards, but I don't think defense has been great, and I, and I, you know, I don't want to criticize him, but, you know, he just, that reaction time, he doesn't have it. Like, he can be tough, he can be, have the right angle, he has actually been, you know, he's reached in there a ton, I think even more than usual, like, fighting for the ball, but, like, that quick lateral like just quick turn to make sure that you're not somebody doesn't turn a corner on you doesn't really have that nor should he uh, should be he be expected to but that's was incredibly valuable to them i bet you 95 percent of his minutes have become with andrew wiggins on the floor with him like he just wiggins just guards that other guy gary payton the second but i don't think they've even done gary payton's like payton's coming in for clay so it has but yeah he would need somebody well, like that the with memphis game is a good example right especially because wiggins couldn't handle jaw but it was like it wasn't like oh wiggins can't handle jaw all right clay take him it was like okay get gary payton in the game absolutely and again it's a lot to ask because as slater forgot last night he has coming coming off a torn achilles and a torn acl and two years off <laughs> and two years right? off slater two, yeah, had yeah. no perception of that and completely misled the you know people sir you had your comeback, and it was a fantastic sports story, human interest story, but I'm here looking at data. I'm covering a basketball team, and you're now a big part of this basketball team. We're living in the real world here. All that crying over that was all good. Honeymoon is over. It's time to answer the tough Have questions. Have you seen that power gif of like uh, when Ghost is waking up his son? Sleepy time's yes. over. <laughs> yeah, sleepy time's over. <laughs> The Warriors are two and three since you've come back. Whatever they are, I don't even know. 
That's hilarious. Someone has to be accountable for that, Clay Thompson. So. Somebody's got to stand up. Man. I'm just looking at your usage rate and your field goal percentage. That's all. And I'm thinking Moses Moody. I mean, is that an option here? We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. I wonder, do you think Poole, I mean, do you think Kerr keeps him out of the second unit just to give Poole, like, his space and freedom? Or because I don't know if, if Poole is that good without... I think it would help Poole. I think it would help Poole. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think, you know, that's what Poole's suffering from, other than obviously it's great to play with Steph. We all know that. But, like, he's, like, the only guy. Like, he's got a bunch of guys who are passing it to him. And, you know, whether it's JTA or Iguodala, or, I mean, we just know... Those guys, and they're going to be great in a lot of other ways, but they're not going to like six seconds left the shot clock. They're going to top a tail, like get the ball over to Jordan and go do something, Jordan. So I think he could use another scorer. I don't know. I thought it was going to be Kaminga. Like I, I thought that would be an interesting, you know, even throw Wiseman out there, and then you've got all kinds of offensive options. But it doesn't feel like that. Wiggins isn't like Wiggins. They're kind of keeping. But Wiggins him. is, yeah. But he's durable. He could do. He could do he's both. He's play play forty two minutes. Yeah, yeah, he could do both. Yeah, I, I thought I, it's been interesting because you look at that second unit. It's been Bielitsa, Porter, Pool. You know, often JTA, sometimes GP two. It's, it's that kind. It's that mix. And Porter has been amazing. I mean, I'm not like, but he's just not. He's not an initiator. So it's just been kind of Jordan go do your thing. And if you can't get four baskets, they're going to get clobbered in those minutes. If you get four baskets, they're going to do great. It's just been a little tough. It's a little strangled. So I, that's why I thought it could be Kaminga. Does not appear to be that way. And Clay, I would be intrigued to see if, if they do put Clay there or if not. I, I don't know. I think Poole could use a certain another weapon out there with him. Yeah, remember, I mean, this is what me and Marcus wrote a few weeks back as we were setting up the, the pool dissension to the six-man. Like, just a lot of it is, like, this is just is going to be a tougher life for him at an age where, again, as we said, this is the supposed to be the ascending time for Jordan Poole. So it's not only, obviously, like, there's different mixes that might help him, 
but he's also just gonna have to accept this like minimized role and we'll see how he how he accepts it but we i mean again even when he was at his best what we said what was his ceiling it's it's a great six man i mean he's not He's not a start. He's not a good starting. Interview. Yeah, I mean, look, I've changed my opinion on that. Where like, if you put him in uh, Orlando, wherever, right now, I think he'd be a really solid, you know, starter. Like, you know, I would like to see the efficiency numbers, but you know, we look. I I watched him in Detroit. No Steph, no Draymond. They rolled the ball out. He went and just beat the Pistons. Scored thirty two. Looked great. Like, and like, you know, we've talked about the work ethic. I th- I think his career's going to a, to a pretty good place. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be worse. He's gonna get better just because of no, what agree. he puts into and, it. And he's—I I like the size. I, I mean, I, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying for a championship team, and which the Warriors hope to be for five more years, or ten more years, or how many more years, I think he's a six man. I mean, or if he starts, it's it's not as a as as the number one total offensive featured guy. I think he's a guy who gets you 22 minutes and and who blows up. Two out of every four games, you know, three out of every seven. The thing that would make it difficult, more difficult for him to accept that, though, I would think is like he just was the starting two guard for the best team in basketball the first half of the season. Like he was the starter for the best team in basketball and looked and like he's a championship into an extension offseason. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Again, again, I feel like I'm being way too mean in this, but uh, when Rodney Magruder was going off last night, who was defending him? It's Jordan Poole. Like the, there's issues. Look like, that, look like nobody. Yeah, Jordan Poole because he was not actually on him. Look like he was wide yeah, open. I, mean, I don't think he's playing as well now because I think he's just like lost in the mix, and that's what happens. Like you know, suddenly it's like okay, I'm a mop up duty guy now. I'm not going to go out there and like defend Rodney Magruder with this like you know verve that I was defending the Clippers to open this game on TNT when I was considered the starting two guard the most improved player candidate like that's egos in locker rooms and and, and in all business I just like to me it's just something to monitor like I just like it'll just be interesting where it goes from here and he's really talented I don't like let's keep that on like he's very very talented and he might win a playoff game for them. Like they, you know, they haven't had a bench player. You can say that. Like this guy might just go out and win a game for us, you know, in a Lou Williams sort of way. But uh, sounds like Reggie yeah, Jackson, OKC. I saw yeah, it with my yeah. own eyes. He won him yep. a playoff game, a big yep. one. And that, and that is very, very valuable. But also, you know me, I think six men like that are overrated because <laughs> you see them shoot, 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 and yet there's a reason why they don't play 35 minutes a game is because they don't do a bunch of other stuff. But yet. That one thing they do can win you a game. I'm not, I don't want to dispute that. We'll see. We'll see how the, you know, Wiseman, if he does like that, could change the mix of the second unit. All these different things are being felt out. But, I, and I asked her before the game, like, how, how, did you start to, like, really start shuffling the rotation that in, that we've been talking about all year? You know, we know Draymond out is tougher, but he was, yes, yes, he said, we had started to do that, and now how do we kind of redo it again because Draymond's out. But I think we're seeing what it is, and it's JTA essentially shuffled out of the rotation. He's playing now because Draymond's out, and it's Bielitsa's minutes going down, it's Poole's minutes going down, and it's Damian Lee's light. I mean, his minutes haven't gone down yet, but you can see that is coming. Those three guys are the ones where you, I think, are really going to see where the minutes go down. Just because they can't play 12, 13 guys, they're going to play 10. In in playoffs, you can play 9. It's realities, and you know it, it's tough on guys. These are good guys who played well, played hard. They're going to have roles. You can just see it just by looking at the minutes. And there's more coming. And there's more coming, right? Wiseman. And- I just saw this message from Sharon in the chat. That's funny. But <laughs> like she's oh, typing the- in the chat. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> we were put to put her on. We're going to put her on. I don't know what happened. Or 
angry father refused to let her go on the show. Slater, guess what happened in this game against Detroit? And it hadn't happened in a very long time. Kevon Looney it got eight first quarter worthy. rebounds. <laughs> no, uh, that wasn't that wasn't at all revelatory considering he's the best rebounder in the league, yeah, even if Tim Kawakami hates him. He's been rebounding like crazy. Uh, Steph Curry made more than half his shots. <laughs> And half his three three pointers, I think maybe right about. And yeah. half yeah. his three pointers, yeah. yeah. He had done that like once or twice, but he the last time Steph made half his shots was geez, I'm going way back here. Oh, well, not that far back. It was the the home game against Memphis right before Christmas. Before Christmas, huh? Yeah, the, the before Christmas when he had like 46 against Memphis. That was the last time he made half his shots. So you know, a, a nice little span. Uh, Again, I don't know how much of a thing it it was to do against that uh, Detroit defense last night, but for Steph, seeing shots go in, it's got to be a little bit something. He hit one shot from the corner and just stood there because he had missed a wide open three from the wing, and this one was wide open, so he, he just stood there and then raised both fists in the air in celebration because he made a wide open shot. Whenever he gets going... That's what it'll be because he's, he developed a rhythm in a game like this. Uh, and I'm wondering, do you think this is the beginning of that? You know, he actually, uh, the stats weren't spectacular, but he had a pretty good game in Chicago. And I even like kind of asked him, like, do you feel like this yeah, is did. maybe leaning back the other way? And you could tell he was like, you know, like, you know, he's not about to, I think he had like 21 points. So he's not about to be like, you know, what a breakout night. But I think he felt good about how he played against the Bulls. And then, you know, he had the hands thing, so he 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 missed the Minnesota trip. But I think that was probably good, too. They sent him back home to his family for a few days. And even last night, he jams the finger. So, like, you know, we got to monitor the physical nature of how he's looking. But I think he's starting to feel a little bit better about his offensive game. That's all. I thought he looked good last night. I, I thought he really liked it good. And just working off the action and not forcing stuff, I think that's what he, he – pushes back against he just doesn't want to force stuff and then he feels like he has to force stuff because he hasn't put up a shot in a while uh, and he has to shoot the three to, to remain the weapon that he is in order to, for everyone else to get the action and i just think and it's because clay got hot he just he could just feel it within the rhythm of what they're doing and you know it, it is magic when those two guys get going and it's just part of what they, they feed off each other the you know and it hadn't happened and there it was and i think maybe steph was like anticipating it or trying to force it or waiting for, you know, it just, you, you could feel or sense a lot of these factors that are all getting, trying to get the record. Like all these things we talk about, we probably talk about them over much uh, in, in the Warriors universe. Cause we're looking at every little thing with Steph, but I do think within the natural context of what he and Clay do, and you put drama back in it, we're going to see those percentages go up. I, I've assumed the percentages are going to go up for a month now and they haven't, they've gone down, but uh, I think it's just going to be within the stuff that they do. It's, it's We've seen it. He's 42% three-point shooter. That's what he is. He's not a 38% three-point shooter. And then he can go weeks where he's a 45% three-pointer. He's a 48.5%, 52% 3-point shooter. Uh, and just we just haven't seen that. I, I just think it's just have to work through all these things in his head, figure it all out. He's you know very obviously like he thinks this stuff through. And he's had to think it through. And you know, now they got this nice stretch against Indiana. I don't think it's going to be overly difficult for them to figure it out. Houston's not going to be certainly be overly difficult. Like they're going to have these stretches where they can just work stuff out, where they don't have to think, "Oh my God, what are we going to do against Memphis overplaying?" Like they don't have to think that. They have to like just do their stuff, and they're going to win these games. And 
that's, and again, having predicted that he was going to get hot for a month and been wrong, uh, I can still say I think he's. We're going to see him get to that. I mean, he's got it. Steph Curry's got to be over forty percent. Three, like Steph Curry. How are you under forty percent three point shooting? And I realize the NBA average is thirty five, but he's Steph Curry, the greatest three point shooter of all time. It's just bizarre to see him at thirty eight or whatever he is right now. It's thirty eight seven. I bet something like that. It kind of reminds me. Remember speaking of Chicago when uh, Clay was shooting so terribly. And then he hit like 14 threes in Chicago. But we kept saying, like, all right, you know, don't panic, don't want to panic about Clay. Don't want to panic about hey, Clay struggling. It got so bad, he got mad. That was also like, like game seven out. of the season, though. This is game it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or But he was shooting terribly, though. He was shooting bad. It just reminds me of that where it was like, all right, this is getting a little uncomfortable. Like, how, how at some point we got to start talking about what's wrong with this guy. Well, Tim alluded to it. I like, Tried to kind of delicately ask him in Milwaukee. Thirty-eight six, yep, thirty-eight six, and that brings him down to forty-three percent for his career. I was talking to Kerr about this in Minnesota, and he was like, you know, thirty-eight man. I was saying that he's like, that's really good. Like, you know, that is a fantastic three-point shooter in the league. Is a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter at that volume? At that volume? Yeah, especially. yeah, yeah. Like that's Damian Lillard's career. <laughs> like, you know. Basically, and he's still shooting better than Bielitsa. Oh, oh <laughs> Jesus! <unbelievable>. Come on. <laughs> oh my God, that's a one-man rant. What do you guys think Damian Lillard's career three-point percentage is? Thirty-seven. I'm going right now. I'm guessing myself, but uh, it's thirty-seven point three. So this is you know, better again, than no, Damian no, Lillard's no, like, yeah, career. No question. And the NBA average again is like thirty-five, and we get it. And you're putting up a volume, and you're incredibly valuable even if you're missing it because it creates other shots for your for your teammates that they otherwise wouldn't get but he's Steph Curry because he's shooting 43 right that, that's why he's Steph Curry that's why you're great you're these things are that's your number you put it on your basketball card and this is why everyone loves Steph Curry and he's so valuable is because it is 42 43 and it's not just you know like you feel the difference right you feel the difference between 38 and 43 like you you can just tell it isn't one shot a game although i guess statistically it might come down to that it's the feeling it's the sense of the of where this is going i get it but like this is a career low this is you know not even close to one of you know it's his worst shooting season so far in his career easily can get out of it and and almost certainly will but that's why i say like, i get it 38 you put it against everyone else. What's Harden? Like Harden's probably you know right in there, thirty nine to forty, maybe. I bet he's like thirty five. Yeah, second. exactly. I mean, it's just it's it's still a very good percentage. We've seen it. He's still incredibly valuable, even in the stretch that it's been a little funky. The reason why we talk about him like this is because it's been forty two, forty three, sometimes stretches of fifty. You know, he, he's that's gone, what has always made him you know, different from Damian yes, Lillard, different yes, from the other yes, guys. Yes, yes, and that's why you're fine with him taking any three he wants because there's a chance that every single one of them is going in. Well, what did he shoot like last year? The end, like the last twenty games, he was like what forty nine from three. It was ridiculous. Yeah, again, like it was that April month after the tailbone. I think he was made ninety six threes in fifteen games, um, which was by far the most ever in a calendar month. That's why we talk about him. That's why he is who he is. You don't rip him for a two month period where it's not the same. But you you point it out. It's fair to point it out. And, You're telling me you know, I can point out usage rates and uh, uh, shooting Slater, percentages. Slater is going to. I mean, not him. after a guy's out for two and a half <laughs> years. Jeez, Slater. 
give him some time to breathe. No. <laughs> no time here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Not I'm in gonna this monitor world. this Clay Slater situation here. I'm gonna monitor this. <laughs> uh, hey, but, he didn't have to do that though. He knew what he could. He could do it. Yeah, Clay. You know what he could do? Yeah, whatever he, the hell he, he wants. Whatever he wants. It's he can good, do whatever he wants. It's a good. It's a. It's a good answer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a good That's answer. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Just like, can is it something that tells us, that informs us where his head's at, where the team's at? Absolutely. So you you, you take that, having some, been someone who gets people snapping at me, and say, like, I don't care if you're snapping. As long as the, the words I can put in my story are good. And that was fine. And it's, again, it's the competitive nature of Clay that I think like it isn't always portrayed, that we don't always see. And that guy's damn, he just wants to kill people. He just does. He wants to beat them, bust their ass on the basketball court. And he hasn't been able to for two years. And that's why he felt so great for him to get back in. That's why last night hitting that three was great. Uh, and, you know, if he's got to knock down Slater a couple of times afterwards, he, that's fine too. It's all part of, it's all part of the deal. And it's good. It's like, this is going to be fun when they get to the playoffs. This is all going to be great again to cover, to watch, to be entertained by. And, this is what he needs to work through, and he's getting through it. And Slater's going to be Slater, the one. The one, Slater, the, 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 the one for the team. Slater's going to have to be set, set him up for it, but it's all good. Gladly, <laughs> gladly. Gladly. <laughs> all right, um, Warriors two and a half out of first behind Phoenix. Um, two up on Grizzlies for the third seed. It's going to be an interesting second half to the season. How important do you think the seeding is for the Warriors? Like, What's the lowest you you think would be comfortable for them to get, and how important is it? Would it be for them like to play? Just, for the I one? think of their top four. Yeah, like, do you think they should play for the one? Stay on this top side of the bracket. Uh, if I was them, I would probably suggest staying in the two three, so you don't have to play Phoenix round two. But right now, that you know, Memphis has actually hopped Utah. Memphis is the three. So you know, early in the season, it was much better to be the one than the two three because the thought was. If you get the one, you don't have to put like you don't have to play both of the other two because we kind of viewed it as a three-team conference. I don't know where you guys are at. Like, do you view it as a four-team conference now? Where like is Memphis three team, three team? Are you I including Utah Memphis? Yeah, Utah is not one Utah, of Utah, them. Out. No, Utah's out. Utah's gonna out. come yeah, in Sunday out. and have something to say about that right in front of your face. I think I it's think. Phoenix Warriors, Memphis. I've you know I've been touting Memphis all season long, and. Some might laugh at me, but Tim, I, I believe I actually saw you uh, next to John Morant's dad when I was in Memphis singing "We Don't Bluff, <laughs> We Don't Bluff." <laughs> me, and, me, me and Hollinger, it was me and Hollinger at the Blue City, Blue City Cafe. I love when that arena gets going. I've covered a couple like great playoff series there, and it was like feeling a little bit old school, like grit and grind, like or not like they don't they play differently than that team, but the arena, the you know that city's really into that team and into John Morant, and like that's going to be a difficult road place to play. There's an OKC feel to that. They got Stephen Adams now, so it's really OKC feel like. I just like Memphis. I've, I just like the way that team is put together. I think they are tough for the Warriors to play. I think they're tough for anybody now. They're really stacking wins together. John Moran is a really nice closer. So I've been saying it for a while. I think the Warriors would just not want to see them the first two rounds if they could. Not avoiding it. I'm just saying they just don't want that. I think Utah would be just fine for them. Just fine for them in a first round or a second round. Phoenix is, is really good, no question. But I think Memphis is, is a true challenge for anybody. You think Memphis is the best team in the West, huh? They're, I don't think they're the best team in the West. I think they're really tough, though. I just I've always thought that this season. I uh, thought that a little bit last season. I watched that play-in game. Like I mean, like that was a tough team, and they were, didn't even play that great. Uh, and, and they beat the Warriors on the Warriors court when the Warriors were hot. Obviously, 
not at full strength. But when the Warriors were hot, the Warriors were not. I mean, they played the Lakers great the game before. And we can all make our conclusions by the Lakers, but the Lakers still had LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they played them great, and they probably should have beat the Lakers in, in L.A. I think Memphis is still a player away, but a trade deadline is coming up. They have a bunch of first-round picks, including two other picks. That One of those is the Warriors' 2024 pick. They have the Warriors' first-round pick from the Iguodala salary dump. So... They, you know, maybe there's there's some people out there that are like, is it time for Memphis to go all in? Because they, you know, maybe they're pushing towards contender status. So I don't yet fear like if I'm one of the top teams in the West, the Warriors, Phoenix. I think Utah I would have above Memphis. I don't necessarily fear them as much yet, but they add somebody over the next month that could change. They got people. We'll see. I just think I, I don't think the Warriors need to play for one, but I I don't know if I'd want to get a lot lower than two, three. Uh, I think I think three is a decent spot for them. I, I just don't think you just don't want to, absorbing all the losses it would take to get them to four or five. It just would be bad for them for the mentality. I think, and I think two, three is a fine spot. I think one's still very possible. Uh, and Phoenix might you know might slow up a little bit, but uh, I I just think. 55, 55 wins, you know, try to get whatever 55 wins gets you. Feel that confidence, get guys rested, don't push everybody. But I also think you don't you don't want to get, you know, what were they? they were they a three, like when Durant's final year? I think something like that. I mean, they were throwing away games left and right back then. Obviously, you understood why, but I don't think they want to quite do that. I think they want to get to 55, 57, something like that. Durant's first season, they 67 wins, they were one. But then, then Houston... It, that next season went crazy, and then that's when they started really kind of taking the regular season less seriously. Yeah, and you understood. I mean, they had Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Like, I mean, all those things are are understandable. I think this season you want to stay. You want to stay one, two, three, and and I think two might be the better spot for them, just to make sure you know they they don't screw around with some home court stuff. Yeah, and you know the first round matters. If you're two right now, you're playing the winner of a of a Wolves Lakers play in. Although, you know, say what you want about the Lakers. Um, but if you're four, for example, you're playing Dallas in the first round. Dallas is playing pretty well. I mean, I think they beat Denver no matter what, but you might want to avoid Denver if everyone gets healthy there at the end of the season. Denver can... Denver's you know, tough, yeah, man. Denver, Denver is going to be tricky. Yeah. They're going to be like a tricky six or whatever the hell they end up as. And Maybe with Jamal the, Murray, by the way. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like, if you just the higher you get, and I think one thing is bearing out about this Warriors, and they are a great home team like they are really good at chase center and this is just like th- that matters maybe this season like they just want to get game seven or game one at home and just you know that might be the difference in a series so we shall see and you know if clay's great it might not matter let's blow through everybody but we don't know that yet all right that'll do it for this week we will catch you next week during the homestand uh we'll see how this shapes out but no draymond Kaminga is your starting power forward for the foreseeable future. And Clay and Steph looking like they're getting their groove back. So next time we'll have a lot more to talk about. But thanks for thanks for rocking with us for a week. We are out of here.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.